Joining us now, offensive coordinator at BYU, uh, Jeff Grimes on the Sprint special guest line where they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Coach, how are you? Hey, Coach. Hey, what's up, guys? How y'all doing? Uh, we're doing well. Uh, how's uh, how's life in uh, self-isolation trying to be a football coach? I can't. This can't be easy for you. Well, it's not, but, you know, that's that's everyone. That's all of us, right? I mean, we're all, we're all trying to get used to – uh, a new normal. I was telling some, some friends the other day. You know, the first couple, the first week it was really hard, and then the next couple of weeks it was kind of just getting into a routine and a workflow. And then, sadly, last week it kind of felt like normal. You know, like that yeah. was just so, almost like that's just how life is now. And so, um, we've settled into a routine here at my house. Probably, uh, probably much to the chagrin of my children who are probably ready for me to go back to work. But <laughs> it's been, it's you know, in a, in a strange way, it's actually been really good to slow down a little bit and have have some time with, with my wife and kids in a more concentrated manner than I've had in a long time. I get to watch your social media, so i got to imagine that your, your kids want you to go back to work so they don't have to hike to the top of another mountain. Well, <laughs> unfortunately, so I have four kids. i got one in college, and, of course, she's home like most college students, and I've got two teenage boys, and then my youngest daughter is the one that you see in the picture with us. She's the only one that gets up and goes hiking with us. The others are kind of doing doing their own kind of workout stuff. You know, my boys are lifting weights, and then my, my daughter is running and doing whatever she does. But um, the, the thing that they're tired of is, is uh, a routine and a structure and dad being um, – more intimately aware of everything that's going on in their lives and how he normally is when he's at work most of the day. You know, that's interesting too, because, you know, they've got a, uh, they've, you know, your wife and, and your children, they have a uh, schedule and they know how things get done when, when you're at the office or you're working, you know, late hours. And so they, they, they have their system and then dad comes home and, and tries to upset the apple cart a little bit. I know that's been the case in my my house. They're like, hey, yeah. you know what? This this runs pretty okay without you. Why don't you just uh, stay out of the way and let us do our thing? Yeah, we were doing just fine until you came along. You know what I, <laughs> I will say? Um, my wife and I have said to each other a number of times, we're, I'm, I'm kind of glad I like you because I couldn't imagine what it would be like married to somebody you didn't get <laughs> along with very well, and then you're sitting there with them all day, Man. every day. Isn't that the truth? You really do have to. You, you really figure out a lot of things about each other. It's actually been kind of nice. I bet you found some nice moments in this, even though it's a, a complete restructure of what you're used to in life, Coach. This is there's probably been some nice settling moments for you. You know, it, it truly has been a blessing. Um, like I said, the first week when when everything happened, especially in the middle of spring ball, you know, we had six practices. We were getting ready for practice number seven, and then all of a sudden everything comes to a screeching halt like it did for everybody. Um, and I had a hard time, you know, because you kind of get in that hard charging mode of, you know, getting ready for practice every day and getting the guys going and figuring out what you can accomplish every day. And, and, and I just, I love spring football. And so it was really hard for me to deal with, with not having it for a few days. Um, but then I was talking with my pastor the other day, who's, who's also my best friend, and he said, you know what, I mean, you've been saying for, for years now you wish things could just slow down a little bit. Your kids are growing up too fast and wish that you had a little bit more time with them, and so here you go. Hmm. And, uh, and that's really been true. So 
Um, there have been some really, really good moments. I just hope that, that once things do clear up and we kind of get back to uh, a normal routine, that I can still still have learned something from the time that I've really had here to, to focus on my family during during this time. Were you able to learn much about your team in those six practices? Um, I think we learned a little bit, but honestly, so the first two are not in pads. You don't find out a whole lot there. You know, that's not real football, right? Mm. So we had four padded practices. I think we did find out some things, but honestly, I think we were we were just sort of on the verge of taking another step offensively. I think we've done some good things, and we've grown um, – We've kind of grown a step each semester that I've been here. So the first spring and then the next fall and then the next spring and then this past fall, I thought we took a nice step forward. But I still think we're on the verge of of a major breakthrough and and we're not quite there yet, haven't reached our potential. And I think we were in position to take that next step this spring, but I I don't think we'd we'd really done that yet. And so... I think we did find out a little bit more about some of the guys. I think what we're, what one of the things that we're beginning to be able to do even better as a coaching staff is is maximize the the skill sets that we have. You know, we've been able to get to know our guys a little bit better, and I think every semester that we're with them, we find out um, what certain guys can do a little bit better than others, and I think we've been able to to streamline our system a little bit and in a way that that hopefully makes the most of those things coach i think you got a shot to have a pretty special offensive line uh i'm identifying it just preseason as the strength of the team uh will you talk a little bit about that offensive line and and what you saw from them through spring yeah i think we've got first i would say we've got a lot of depth we've got a, a a lot of long tall guys who are good athletes um We've got some experience now, guys who have played uh, for a couple of years. And then, and then last year, you know, we had the uh, infusion of a couple of freshmen with, uh, with Clark Barrington and Blake Freeland. And some of that was due to injury, which, you know, playing freshmen in the offensive line is not the most pleasant thing to do, nor would it be anybody's choice. Um, however, when you look at it now, you can say that was a blessing because we identified a couple of guys that I think will really have an opportunity to compete to start again, but they'll have to work hard to earn those jobs and it'll make some other guys work even harder. You know, the cream rises to the top. That's really true. And so competition makes everybody better. And so I think we've got more competition and more depth than we've had at any time since I've been here. And, and honestly, more depth than what I've had probably almost anywhere that I've been. We may not have as many um, elite-level players as, as what I've had a couple other places, but I do think we we have more depth than other places and more competition. Um, and I think we've got some good athletes here. Uh, I think, I think the, the thing that needs to happen next is these guys need to just become the – the tough, physical, nasty, dominant group that I think you and I both know that they can be. We ha- we haven't done that yet. They've shown signs of it at times, glimpses, but we haven't done that on a consistent basis. And once that becomes the identity of our offensive line, then you'll see everybody else on offense fall in line behind that. 
You know, that, it's an interesting point, and, and I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on this. Can you coach toughness and nastiness, or is a lot of that just uh, part of your DNA? Yes. <laughs> yes, both, <laughs> yes, both are true. I think ideally that's part of your DNA, and so it starts with recruiting. You want a tough physical offensive line, then, then don't recruit finesse players who are just nice, nice athletes and nice kids. Um, however – Sometimes you don't always get that choice. Um, and so I think you can coach that. As a matter of fact, I know you can. Some guys are just more um, ready to take it than others are. Some guys might take it their first year, and all they needed was a coach who believed in them and light a fire under their butt, and they take off with it. Other guys, it takes two or three or four years to really get that confidence. It comes from um, – you know, experience with some guys. It just takes time in the weight room. Uh, some guys don't ever quite don't ever quite get there. Um, but there is a correlation between confidence and toughness. And I think again, the experience and the time in the weight room will certainly help um, with some of those with some of those guys taking that next step. You coach, another position group I wanted to talk to you a little bit about was the wide receivers. And I know Gunnar Romney is going to be great, and Dax Milne. But, but two guys I really have my eye on is Neil Pau returning to the program and Miles Davis, the the true freshman out of Vegas. Will you talk about those two individuals, just the, uh, what type of talent they may bring to the field? When you say two, you mean Neil and Miles? Yes. Yeah, I think Neil is an interesting guy. You know, he's got, he's got a kind of a strange skill set for a guy his size, you know, the kind of guy that you – you know, I, I've always heard what a great basketball player he is, and you can see that in the way that he plays football. You know, has great vision, um, a fluid mover, not the greatest top-end speed, but, but good enough speed and, and excellent athletic ability, good hands, particularly given his size. When you combine that size with his overall athleticism and ability to catch the ball and see the field, he's a smart player. Um, and so... I, I'm I'm really hoping for great things from him this year. You know, he's obviously had um, an up and down career to this point, but I think he's got a ton of potential, and and I think he's in a good place right now. Um, I, I'm really excited about Miles. I think he's got good speed, he's got good hands. He's kind of an underdeveloped kid, I think, and um, you know, I think that fits the case for a number of these of these guys that we have coming in. You know. Um, Chris and Terrence and Cody as well. I think it's an exciting young receiver group, probably a little bit more potential than what we've seen in a little while um, from from one group coming in at the same time here at BYU at receiver. I think Fessy did a great job um, identifying some guys and then and then went and got them. What does uh, Devontae Henry Cole bring to this team? Um, first, some experience, you know, and, and uh, I think – when we added Tyson and Emmanuel last year, we added a little bit of experience, a little maturity, and a little confidence to that group. And so I think he'll do that again. Um, he's got excellent top-end speed, uh, but he's not just a little guy that's going to go down right away as soon as you hit him. You know, he's not a first-contact fall-down guy. He's a packed-up guy that's got excellent strength, particularly in his lower body. And um, I think he's got... I think he's got the tools to really help us, so I'm excited about him joining our team. And he's got, of course, a new position coach helping him out, Harvey Unga. Talk about 
that hiring and talk about how excited you are to work with Harvey. Yeah, we so we talked to a number of different guys and talked about a number of different guys before we settled on Harvey, but I really thought it would be Harvey from the beginning. We wanted to do our due diligence and make sure that we were fair to the process and that we brought in the best guy that we could to BYU. Um, but I've always had a lot of respect for Harvey. You know, he was a freshman when I was here as a line coach before and just really respected the way he played the game, played with a lot of passion, played with toughness, was a really unselfish player, uh, willing to do whatever the job required, whether that be catch the ball out of the backfield, run the ball, uh, block, and, and did it all with uh, with excellence. And I think he brings that same thing as a coach, you know. And um, I think guys can certainly coach positions that they didn't play. However, I think guys take it a little bit more readily when they know a guy has played that position and, and done it with success. And, you know, that'll be no except, exception here. And his all of the, all the running backs are excited about it. I mean, all of those guys were texting me um, right after Coach Stewart left and said, hey, is Harvey going to be our coach? And then the next day I came into the office, I had three or four of them sitting in my office waiting on me because they wanted to make sure and let me know how serious they were about their desire for him to be their coach. And I think, I think he'll do a great job. Jeff Grimes, offensive coordinator at BYU, kind enough to join us right here on the Zone Sports Network. We talked to Zach Wilson a couple weeks ago, and he mentioned, you know, he's fortunate. They've got a you know pretty good gym set and uh, weights and everything he needs at his home. But not a lot of those guys are not a lot of your guys are that that fortunate. And with gyms closed and unable to get to uh, you know to to get workouts in, maybe like they would have had they been on campus. Uh, how concerned are you about strength and conditioning when guys finally get back on campus? It's, it's definitely a concern, and, you know, I've been in touch with all the offensive guys, and I would say that most of them uh, have found a place to do something. Maybe not the same, certainly not the same as what they'd be getting if they were here with New and Justin and AJ and our strength staff and training with, with their teammates. Um, but I think most of them have found a way to do something, you know, I mean, just kind of like me, I got two teenage boys and both those guys play football and I'm just sitting there going, okay, we don't have anything. So I found a way to go borrow some equipment and set up a little gym in the garage. And so now those guys are doing something every day, you know? And so I think most guys either have something at home or have a neighbor or a buddy or they found a personal trainer that's still doing something in small groups. And so most of the guys that I've talked to, are are lifting in some fashion certainly they can still get out and run and throw and catch and run routes and all of that kind of stuff um but it's certainly not the same uh however everybody everybody in the country is in the same boat that we are so i don't think it's like we're getting behind any anyone else and you know on on one hand i, I kind of think a-rod and i were talking about this the other day and i and i kind of think we've got the kind of guys who in a lot of cases, might be able to do a little bit more on their own than, than maybe some other places do. So, I don't know, maybe somehow it comes out to be an advantage for us. That's the way I want to look at it. Coach, have you had a lot of missionaries contact you, wanting to your return missionaries, the ones that are coming back early, wanting to, to jump in on fall camp? Yeah, we've talked to all those guys that have been back. You know, some of them, of course, are being reassigned, and so they're just – they're just kind of at home playing the waiting game right now, which I can't imagine how, how that would be mentally and emotionally on a young man. Um, 
But then there are, you know, a few others who finished their mission a little bit early and would like to join the team as soon as they can. Um, but we just don't have spots for all of them, you know. And so what, what's going to end up happening is some of them will will join uh, maybe six months from now. Some might have to wait a year uh, to find a spot. But thus far, all the guys that we've talked to will still end up being a part of our program. It's just a matter of timing. Jeff Grimes, offensive coordinator at BYU. Uh, Zach Wilson, again, as I mentioned, we chatted with him. He seems as fiery and nasty as ever. Now that he has an offseason where he's not dealing with an injury, uh, how much uh, how much progression do you anticipate him to make from uh, year two to year three? Well, I think there should be a great jump from year two to year three regardless, but then when you factor in that he, yeah, he missed all of last offseason, came into fall camp and we were hoping that he would be healthy. He really wasn't. I think everybody saw that early on in the season. His arm hadn't quite returned. And then, you know, just as he's kind of sorting to, you know, get back in a flow, then he has the thumb injury. Um, you know, and it, it, was, it was just a tough 12 months for him. Um, but I, I hope that it's made him tougher and more resilient and that he'll be better than he ever has as a result of that. I also hope that he'll be uh, further along physically, be a little bit thicker and stronger and more durable. Um, and if there's anybody who can gain time and gain ground, I think it's He's always been the kind of kid that's just, you know, he's a gym rat. He loves football. He loves to watch film. He loves to get out and throw. And, you know, he's got an endless amount of energy. And so I feel confident that, that he'll make a big jump this year. Um, but then I got to say too, I'm really excited about about Jaron and Baylor too, and that we've got a couple other quarterbacks that played well last year and have a lot of ability. And as I've said many times before, I've not been in a position where we had this many guys that we felt as good about at that position as we do here right now. Hey, coach, we had Norm Chow on the station a little bit earlier today, and uh, he was talking about early commits and, and the percentage that stick with their commitment. Can I just get a really quick thought from you on early commits? How, uh, if they commit, let's say they're committing now, um, before they're going into their, you know, of course, even into their senior year and, and their senior se- season. Um, I, I'm I'm curious to know how many of those actually hold on to that commitment. Well, I think. I think it's a little bit different for us than it is most people, um, just because of the church membership and so many of our kids that have a national connection to BYU that they've had a little bit longer than they might have to another program. Um, and so I think it kind of depends on the kid um, and the program. Like again, for us, I think you know we hang on to them at a much at a much higher rate. You know, I would, I would assume in the in the mid to upper ninety percent range um but the earlier they commit i think um, what happens sometimes and again probably more often with other programs than us they kind of get um they get, <coughs> excuse me no coronavirus um <laughs> they may be they may maybe they get bored um or they begin to feel like they're missing out on the recruiting process, and so maybe they want to dip their toe back in the water a little bit and and get some of that attention that was making them feel so good before. And I certainly saw that a lot um, in the SEC and a lot of other places. And, of course, 
with so many with so many programs and in so many conferences, just because a kid commits, it has no bearing on other schools' recruitment of him. And some schools will 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 continue as if there was no commitment. And so those kids have to figure out if they're not if they're not really really strong in their conviction, then they end up having you know to deal with that. And if they continue talking to other programs, then at some point they're probably going to go see one of those programs or go to a game or go to an unofficial visit or something like that. I think the more of that they do, the more uh, greater likelihood there is that they might, they might decide to change their mind at some point. And I think if there's a kid who's still talking to other programs, then he's not really committed to you. So I think, you know, for us as coaches, you've got to be smart enough to really, to really know what, what the score is with any of your potential recruits. Have you thought about what it would be like to play a football game in front of, or not in front of any fans? If that, if that, it is indeed the case, what happens when the season starts? Yeah, and I can't imagine what that would be like. You know, I mean, we've always a so lot of strange. Coaches have always said, "Hey, we'll go play in a parking lot. We don't care." You know, we may have a chance to see what that feels like. Um, and again, if if you know, we're all talking about what normal is like and what a new normal might be or what this next year might feel like. And that might be one of the things that we, that we have to uh, come to grips with. And um, it would certainly be better than not playing games. I'll say that. I agree with that. Coach. Yeah, no doubt about that. Coach. Hey, appreciate uh, you joining us. Uh, enjoy the added time with the family, but hopefully we're talking about real football here very soon. Hey, you bet. Hey, it's a pleasure to talk, especially talk a little bit of football right now. Yeah, I'm excited about your offense, Coach. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, thanks, fellas. Y'all take care. Appreciate you having me on. You got it. Jeff Grimes, offensive coordinator at BYU, right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone.